0: This podcast is brought to you by Podcast Nation. We're back. The WOMED is back. This is going to be a very special episode, or at least it it feels very special to me. Uh, But Danny and I are just going to do this one together. Yeah, I'm going to share something very personal and very special, and I'm very nervous about it, but I think it will relate to a lot of our listeners. But before we get into that, let's do the lubrication question. Woo. <laughs> <laughs> It's so nice. early
1: in the morning. I just finished six shifts, and we are here. It is nine fifteen in the morning for me. It's eight fifteen for D. So yeah. this was very important. This needed to be done. It needed Danielle. to be done. Danielle wanted to do this like a week ago, so she's yeah. been waiting.
0: And so. I'll, I'll let that unenthusiastic woo slide. <laughs> that that woo. Yeah, that woo. No, I really am enthusiastic. But you do so much for me, so thank you. Oh,
1: whatever. Whatever. You do so much for me, too. It's a two-way street.
0: All right. Lubrication question. Danny, if your five-year-old self suddenly inhabited your body, what's the first thing they would do?
1: I love this question so much. Five Five years old might have been the best year of my life, honestly. Oh my I was God, just was so, so uninhibited. I just did whatever. I wasn't scared of anything. I was the happiest kid, so all I could think about whenever you asked that question was I would eat, like, one of every color of those little popsicles that push up in the tube. The blue one, purple one, pink, the push-up pops. The Flintstones ones. And just, yes, and just hang around the pool all day and, like, act like a savage. Like, running off the diving board. That's my one of my favorite things to do as a kid in the summertime. Just wreak havoc at the public pool and eat those popsicles all day (laughs) so that's what I would do that's what I feel like doing right now in this moment today my five-year-old self
0: (laughs) so sleep deprived self is a lot like your five-year-old self is what you're saying
1: yes exactly yes exactly exactly so what would yours do
0: oh my god mine's so girly I would literally go out and try on all of the princess dresses I could because Aww. and wear point shoes while doing it because that's all I wanted to do as a five year old was be old enough to wear point shoes and have boobs to fill out a dress. <laughs> like one I of totally the princess forgot. dresses. I totally
1: forgot. You are point shoes, dancing shoes.
0: Yeah. hmm They're like the ballerina So you can like stand on your toes. Are they yeah, I totally forgot. You danced a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, I started when I was three years old and stopped my first year of college.
1: Oh my gosh, you danced your whole life. Uh Uh-huh. Wow. I
0: love ballet.
1: Oh, I always, I wish I would have danced. I'd be a lot more coordinated today if I had.
0: I'm still not that coordinated. Don't let it fool you. (laughs) I can fall gracefully.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you look good in a picture. Like It's like you know how to move your limbs and stuff.
0: Uh, I mean, sometimes... I've you know, I've been doing those heel classes and I feel like I don't move as well as I think I do in my head. It's fine. Like I watch it back and I'm like, Yeah, you don't look as good as you think you do doing that, but <laughs> it's all mental. <laughs> okay. So it's all mental. You felt good and that's what's important. <laughs> well,
1: oh man, that sounds great too. gosh. Oh, there are just so many things i do. I could go play in the woods. I used to play in the woods and, like, dig through the mud and go find mushrooms. Not, like, the psychedelic kind, but, like, shiitake. It's <laughs> one of my favorite things to do, too. I could literally go on and on and on. Best year of my life, I swear.
0: It was so much oh, fun. It's just
1: so easy. So yeah. easy.
0: Being five. I spent a lot of my five-year-old self daydreaming.
1: Me, too. Just thinking. Just, like, oh. Yeah. What's gonna happen? I wonder what our followers would say about this question. I wonder what they're I No, I think I'm gonna
0: post it. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna post that as a question in the you know when we do our weekly posts. Yeah, you totally should. It's yeah. a, that's a great question. Oh, it makes it really me so is. happy. Makes me so happy. <laughs> so now you're in a good mood. I am and listeners <laughs> will like start off the day in a good mood because they'll be thinking about what it was like to be five. It's true. I honestly woke up in a
1: great mood. I just when I'm not at work, I feel so good. I really do. Even I just slept nine hours last night. I feel I'm so happy to know that I'm not going back until September
0: 26th. That's amazing. You've got so much time off. I do. I'm going to go
1: see my parents and uh, I'm going to go. I'm also moving into my boyfriends. Yeah. So I'm going to move all my stuff. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I'm just excited for my life to actually start coming together. So I'm not moving back and forth.
0: Yeah. That'll make life so much easier. Yeah.
1: For sure. So uh no, I'm feeling great. But this kind of relates to what we're gonna talk about, actually. So I you know, do you do you wanna rip the band-aid off of this and then go talk more about yeah. it later?
0: Okay. Let's just let's just rip the band-aid off. Danny, you know what really grinds my gears? <laughs> what grinds your gears, D What? <laughs> that the FDA does not require brands to disclose a comprehensive list of ingredients in their feminine care products so most of them don't but it's a bunch of bs it's such bs it's like such i want to know what, i want to know what i'm putting in my body <laughs> me too but lola offers complete transparency about the ingredients found in their tampons pads liners and wipes and ladies we need to know what's going in our vaginas
1: we do that is our sacred area for sure yes uh we love lola here at the Womed because they make our our month a little bit easier by providing they do they the fully customizable subscription box where you can mix and match tampons pads or their cleansing wipes is straight up amazing
0: it is it makes it makes the month so much easier
1: does you can skip or change or cancel your subscription at any time?
0: Um, and we love a female founded company, and we especially love a company that does good. So, with every purchase from Lola, they donate feminine care products to homeless shelters across the U.S.,
1: which is actually a huge problem, and yeah. a lot of people don't know about that. So, another amazing company. Oh, I love Lola. So, for 30% off. Yes, 30% off your first month's subscription. Visit MyLola.com and enter the code WOMED30 when you subscribe. That's a great deal. That's a really great deal. That's one of our, our best deals we've had, I believe. So It is. Go to MyLola.com. Enter the
0: code WOMED30. For 30% off. And your next period will be so much easier on us. <laughs> so, you know how Danny has been talking about um, being very you know, burnt out, like stressed out with work and how, like, I can just completely relate to you when you're like, I wake, I woke up and I'm, I'm just so happy that I don't have to go to work right now that I have a day off. And I was struggling with that feeling for, for a really long time. And I'll get into more detail later, but I made a really difficult decision to step away from the bedside. Because I was in a place where I just, I knew if I didn't leave now, I would hate it. And I never wanted to hate it. Yeah. It felt like I was coming to this point in my life where I needed to do something different. I needed to challenge myself in a different way. I felt like life was too short and I needed to, I needed to try something else because right now staying where I was at the hospital I was at was making me miserable. My patients were not making me miserable. Mm-hmm. I love the NICU. I love my patients. I love my coworkers. It was it was more of the hospital politics and the emotional drain that I felt working there. Did
1: you see did you feel yourself physically deteriorating?
0: I was I I felt like I was a shell of myself, and a lot of it had to do, and I hate saying this because it it kind of gives power to this person, but after uh, my last relationship that was very public with a sociopath and a narcissist, it it took all of this emotion out of me because i was putting so much time and energy and emotion into making sure this other person was okay because oh man it was it was such a mess i think that like traumatic relationships might be an entirely different topic that we need to talk about
1: yeah you've had you've had some serious ones
0: yeah and i just felt like So much had been taken from me that I didn't have enough for myself, let alone to give to my patients that needed me. Mm -hmm. There was a moment and I was charge nurse and I, we had a patient that was passing away and normally like I would go in there, I would help out, I would help out with the parents, I would um just be there you know because that's that's not something you ever want as a nurse to have to do alone all the bereavement care and it used to be something that I took a lot of pride in because we would we would do really cute well it sounds weird to say like you're doing these really cute things but we'd make Mm -hmm. foot molds we'd do like footprints we'd we'd take you know like family photos or just like sweet photos for parent, like mementos and stuff for parents to have. And I really took a lot of pride in that and creating um, something beautiful for the parents to hold on to forever. Yeah. And there's something very special about providing that last bath and wrapping them up and like, just like sending like your last little bit of love to them. I got to the point where I was like, I can't go in there. hmm. I don't have the emotional capability right now to go in there and love on this family and love on this child and my fellow nurse because it was just too heartbreaking. And it was like, once I reached that point, I'm not able to be the best nurse for my patients Mm -hmm. at this point, for my coworkers.
1: And for yourself. I mean, it's, yeah, this job has been your life for,
0: it was how I defined myself for 12 years yeah and and it was it was almost like all like I I started reaching the point where I couldn't I couldn't remember all the patients that I had taken care of that had passed away and that that really kind of struck me in this weird way too because it's like how can you how can you forget these people but when you've been doing it for 12 years, a lot, I mean, they, they mount up. Yeah. And, and it felt like when I really thought about it there in the last year and a half, maybe even two years, there wasn't a day that like, I was really excited to go to work. Mm -hmm. There were certain patients I had that like, you know, once I got there, I was really excited. Like I wanted to go see him. I wanted to see how, um, they had grown, like how they had progressed. And, and that's not to say that, like, you know, once I got there, I still have my favorite patients. I still love the high intensity. I love, you know, the sick admissions, the, um, the ECMO cases, um, bedside surgeries, things like that. Like I'm a really good nurse, but I just needed to do something different. And I remember, it was, it was, like, such a cumulative amount of moments that, that made me decide that it was time to step away. And I remember looking around at some of, like, the older nurses that had been there for, you know, 30, 40-some-odd years. And I was like, I don't know if I am meant to be a lifer. Mm-hmm and i love the knowledge that they have and were able to to provide to especially like the new grads but like i didn't i didn't know if that was what i was supposed to do like i've always had this feeling that there's something more and i was supposed to like use one part of my life to lead into the next to lead into the next and well when when you did quit did you
1: have any sort of plan out of curiosity
0: i did at first it was you know, I mean, I, I had my time on the bachelor and obviously I went back to work for uh, two years after that, but I was like, okay, I have a way to support myself outside of the hospital, which thank God for, because I really, I needed to take that time for myself and step away. And I, 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 I took a leap of faith. I took a leap of faith on you that you would want to do this podcast with me. I knew that I still wanted nursing to be a very big part of my life. And I was like, okay, well, what's another way that I can use my skill set and events that I've been through in my life to still help people, to reach people, to touch them? And there's my cat. She's turning in. She can chime in. She,
1: she can chime in. It's fine. She can meow all she wants. I like it. I think it gives a character.
0: <laughs> Danny, I'm so excited that this episode of The Woman is being supported by your super because they're on a mission to improve people's health with the power of super plants. Super plants. They're so awesome. <laughs> they make it so easy for you to get the nutrients that your body needs to thrive. Your super's functional superfood and plant protein mixes are made from naturally dried, organic, whole food superfoods and nothing else. And with your super's 100% transparent supply chain, you know you're getting the cleanest superfood mixes on the market they are great I have been sitting here with the
1: forever beautiful organic superfood mix and just eating it in front of your face you are it's you so are
0: good. You're, just like, you're just munching it and like I think like you're <laughs> supposed to maybe mix it with you know maybe some bananas yeah. some coconut milk but most normal people hey, would do that and I'm in I'm
1: into oat milk lately but uh most normal people wouldn't mix it so good yes in a smoothie but the <laughs> stuff is so good it tastes so good you can eat it right out of the right out of the jar
0: It really is. And I've been loving their super greens mix, which I've been adding an extra teaspoon of that to my matcha lattes and like mixing it all up. And I'm making my matcha lattes that much healthier because I'm getting a bunch of greens. As if you weren't healthy enough already, but you're just even better now. I really need it to like to compensate the pint of ice cream I (laughs) ate after hot yoga. That's (laughs) true. That is true. (laughs) To be honest. So... Get the Cletus Superfood and Plant Protein
1: Mixes at YourSuper.com. That is Y-O-U-R Super.com. Get 15% off your order when you use the code WOMED at
0: checkout. Just go to YourSuper.com. And don't forget to get 15% off your order with the promo code WOMED at checkout. So I wanted to to start this podcast. And I had this idea for it. And thank God. I mean, like, Danny, you're literally the first person I thought of. And I've told you this because uh, of so our time in Peru. Was like, who would be the best, funniest co-host? And I was like, oh, my God, I wonder if Danny would take on one more thing <laughs> and do this with me. Well, I, okay. Okay. I think my cat knows that I've been crying, and she's like, "She wants to be next to you." I know she's been like, "What's
1: wrong, mom? What's wrong?" (laughs) She can be next to you all. I don't care at all. I think it's cute. First of all, you know, I know you've been struggling with this, talking about this for a really long time because we've talked about it together, and you know, there are a number of things that I that initially come to mind about this, and one is once you're a nurse, you're really always a nurse. It's, it's like a mentality you carry. Like, I don't even, you know, I look at nurses who, you know, get married and quit nursing or quit working, but they still have this like caring humanitarian personality. And I think yeah. that that's so much of being a nurse for one. So it's not even, it's not even that. And you can use your skills in any way. It doesn't, mean if you're not working as a nurse in a hospital, that you're not a nurse anymore. And I think that that's a major misconception.
0: Yeah. And it's one of the probably more irritating things that, I mean, like even my parents have said, or like other family members that I've talked to um, and friends, and they're like, so how do you feel now that you're not a nurse anymore? Oh. It's like, like, I'm still a nurse. Yeah. I still have a degree in nursing. I still love and care about people and I still want to help them heal in whatever way I'm able to do that so to to be to say how do you feel now that you're not a nurse it's like the better question is how do you feel now that you're not at the bedside right exactly I still care very much about my patients like I miss I miss the patients I love I love taking care of the babies but do I feel a lot better? Yeah, I feel I feel a lot better. Yeah. Um not having to deal with the hospital politics, to have like made a very purposeful change in my life to to make more space for self-care, to look at um everything that I was giving out and not getting back from life, from people and just really honoring in myself that it was time to make a change.
1: I think it's very admirable to hear you speak of this. And it's, it's also something that, you know, I never, I never thought that I would be thinking this way later in my life either. Like I don't, the general, the general society doesn't understand what it's like to work in this Mm. job and day after day after day when you work you're making constant excuses which also makes you feel guilty about you know me for instance like I work six days in a row or six out of seven days essentially for those seven days I am unavailable to everyone and Mm. I constantly make excuses and I feel guilty and nobody understands and they think like what's her problem? Like she or her priorities are wrong, blah, blah, blah. It's because I literally can't do anything else. I can almost barely survive myself and get to work the next day. So right. I don't think the general society, general what, population understands like what it's like to do this year after year after year. And you know, the hospital setting, unfortunately every year I've worked on it, it's become more of a business. And yeah. I hate to say this, but I'm, I'm just being real about it. And there's part of me that looks at my future as well. And we've mm-hmm. talked about this before. I, there was nothing that I've loved more than cardiac surgery ICU since I started becoming a nurse. I love ICU. Right. I, I love the patients as well. It has nothing to do with the patients. You could give me a quote unquote, undesirable patient. And I would still love the patient. I exactly. loved working in inner city, Baltimore, I loved helping people. That was probably the most satisfying job that I ever had, you know, in a low income, very low income population. And Mm -hmm. with that being said, though, the more of that you do, the more taxed you become. And then you feel trapped. And so you start to become robotic like day after day after day because you don't have the emotional energy to expend. So at what point you, you know, you have two options. One is to make a big change, which is extremely hard and a lot Mm -hmm. of people don't do. And it takes a really long time to figure out what you're going to do. And two is to just continue being, you know, a robot or getting worse and worse and worse or, you know, taking time off or constantly figuring out how to combat your burnout, you know. Mm -hmm. But at some point. It doesn't work anymore, you know, so no matter how hard you try, it's almost like, how long can you keep trying? And should you have to keep trying? That's where I get very conflicted is should you really have to be combating burnout every single day to a job that you love so much? And, you know, should you? Like, I don't feel like my other family members have to do that in their jobs. But every day I go to work, I'm telling myself like, okay, I can get by tomorrow with, you know, five hours of sleep. I can get by the next day with, you know, six hours of sleep. I, you know, I can, you know, see my boyfriend and be president and I, I can do all of these things, but that's me in my head. That's my internal dialogue, like motivating myself to keep going. Yeah. You know, do I have to keep doing that every day truthfully? And I think that we get in this cycle of doing it, but then you get scared because you're like, holy shit. You know, me, I'm $200,000 in student loan debt. Mm -hmm. Holy shit. What am I going to do? If I don't do this, what am I going to do?
0: That's a mountain of pressure in itself. Yeah,
1: so you get trapped. But I truthfully applaud your bravery in doing this because that's what it is, to just go out on a limb and say like, okay, I've got to do something different with my life. I've reached my threshold. I can't do anymore. I'm emotionally exhausted. You know, it doesn't mean I don't love this, but I just have to take it a different direction. And I think so many people will be able to identify and so many people will really be thinking the same thing, like, especially when they listen to this, like, what am I, what, what, where am I going? What am I doing? What can I do? You know, they might be a little jealous that you were able to
0: (laughs) support yourself and quit. And believe (laughs) me, like, I don't take that for granted. I, I would be, and that, that's like definitely Part of what I think leads to nurse burnout, especially in Tennessee, is how poorly paid we are. Yeah,
1: you're really, really poorly paid.
0: That you have to work five or six days a week in order to to make enough money, you know, I mean, to 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 support. To support yourself and, like, live in a place that you want to live. You know, granted, you're going to, I mean, like, you're going to have to pay more money to live in Nashville. You know, like, you could be right. living further out. But then, you know, you're spending more time and money on, like, gas your and commuting and, and, and time in a car. And from work. Yep. Yeah. But I took almost, almost a $20,000 pay cut coming from Wisconsin to Tennessee.
1: I'm there's I'm not shocked at all. I mean, Danielle, not to mention nurses are so they're so grossly underpaid everywhere in my realm. Now, when I became a nurse, I never thought to myself, I can survive on this salary. I when I received my first paycheck, I was working in Indiana at the time. And after everything had been taken out of it, it was like eleven or twelve hundred dollars for two weeks. And I thought to myself, well, holy shit, that's like pretty much my rent. And um, I just worked that hard for two weeks, like running my ass off to get twelve hundred dollars in my pocket. Like this is unreal. And now as a nurse practitioner, you know, the salary is much better, but it takes a lot more money to get here. So it's it's Mm -hmm. not even. And there are very few places in the country where nurse practitioners are appropriately paid. Very, very few. I'm really hoping that within the next 10 years, the salaries start to equalize. But, you know, I look at my CRNA colleagues and they'll have a lot to say about this. But mm-hmm. why are we not paid the same as them? I'm not asking to be paid the same as a doctor. But, you know, 180, one eighty two hundred thousand for what I do a year would be really nice. I look at every NP I work with works either overtime in my current job or they have yeah. two jobs. Every single one of us has to have two jobs to support ourselves pay our student loan payments and support their families.
0: Danny, What? Before I went on The Bachelor, I was working four different jobs.
1: Right? That's why we have to work so many different jobs, because we can't afford to freaking live, you know? No. So, I mean, I guess one, the devil's advocate could say, well, you should live in a more intelligent way. Well, no, because my my feeling on that is when you see what nurses do on a daily basis, they should be paid a lot more for what they do. An electrician makes more money a year than a bedside nurse working in the NICU or the ICU or whatever mm-hmm. who is dealing with human lives every day and caring for other individuals.
0: Especially when you look of, look at the cost of that bed space for one day, right? like what the hospital charges. A NICU bed space, not including the bed mm-hmm. or any of the equipment attached to this child, Three thousand dollars a day. Uh, Exactly. Exactly.
1: And you're paying a nurse twenty one dollars an hour to care for a extremely critically ill baby, you know. So it just blows my mind. There's a huge disconnect. And yes, I realize that I am a feminist in a lot of ways and I'm Mm -hmm. fine Admitting that. And I. But that shouldn't be a bad
0: word either. It
1: shouldn't. It should not be a bad word, but some people do consider it a bad word. And I do strongly believe that nursing is really shit on because it's a female dominated profession, you know, in a lot of ways. And uh, that upsets me because I don't think that you should have to be paid less just for your feminine qualities. You know, mm-hmm. feminine qualities should be honestly more people should appreciate them, you know, and value them because they're unique. And that's in nursing does, you know, like, yes, science, blah, 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 all that stuff. But like you do need to be caring to be a nurse. The whole foundation Mm -hmm. of nursing is caring. And so it's just something that is not a highly paid or highly recognized talent in this world, unfortunately. So it's it's upsetting. So it's like, yeah, I mean... People do burn out. You're going to burn out and then you're stuck to figure out what you're going to do. It doesn't mean you don't love it at all. Unfortunately, many of us love it love so it much, much. So yeah. love it too much to the point where it hurts us. And yeah, I mean, how I look at my mom, she's 60, 72 years old and started having the beginning signs of Alzheimer's in her late sixties. She's worked like an absolute dog her whole life. And yeah. was officially diagnosed at, diagnosed with Alzheimer's at age I don't know 71 or something like that. But
0: mm-hmm. I
1: think to myself like I'm on the same path that my mom is. Like I am. I look at her, I look like her. Sometimes I try and tell myself I don't want to look like her or I look more like my dad and I do look like my dad, but like, you know, I try and convince myself that I'm not genetically made up of her because I'm so scared of getting Alzheimer's. Yeah. But You know, the reality of the situation is that I'm so much like her in so many ways. I work like her. I care like she did. You know, all of these things. I have anxiety like she she has. And I think to myself, like, oh, my God, if I don't start taking care of myself, I'm going to get Alzheimer's. And the years are ticking. It's like oh my, I blinked and I'm 34 all of a sudden. You know, I don't even know what happened. I don't know what happened either. Right. So I do. I totally freak out, too. And sometimes I look at you and I'm like. I can, I can totally see why you did what you did. And I, there's part of me that really wishes I could do it. And if I were still a bedside nurse, I could do it, but as a nurse practitioner, I have to get experience, you know? Um, so we'll see, but I think you're, I don't know. I think you're very brave and it's very much harder to do this when everybody's listening to you and everybody's watching you as well.
0: Yeah. That was one thing that really bothered me too it was like after the show people are like oh my god she's not even a nurse anymore it's like no I am I went right back to work at the hospital because I had to yeah <laughs> and I loved my job like I wasn't just gonna stop being a nurse because I could you know have the ability to promote some things online like no but just I don't know. That might be a tougher thing to share, but I mean, like, it... (sighs) But I also feel like I'm not being my full authentic self if, like, I don't announce it to...
1: Authenticity is, is hard.
0: It is, and it's... Like, we were saying, like, well, how does it feel not to be a nurse anymore? It's like so many people won't understand that... Yes, I'm still a nurse. I'm doing different things inside the field of nursing because it is so broad. I mean, like, you know, I've been I've been taking different like training classes in aesthetic nursing. Um, and that's been a lot of fun. Like that's and it feels good to be excited about learning something new, you know, that isn't life and death. Like, yeah, it's it's Botox and fillers, but you can also really make someone feel really good about themselves by adding a tiny little you know lift here yeah flip your lip there you know it's it's um it's just fun to be excited to learn something new do i think that like right man
1: is just going to be a third guest on this episode now
0: she knows you're emotionally she knows you're emotionally distraught that's fine it feels really good to be excited about learning something new And not that I wasn't ever learning anything new. I was learning something new every day in the NICU. And that's part of why I loved it so much. It was more of the emotional aspect of it and knowing that maybe I felt too content or, I mean, like, I know it's, it's a safe, it's a safe thing. Like, I can always go back to being at the bedside. I can always find a job at the bedside. I've worked at, like, the top two, some of the top two NICUs in the nation. Like, I've... Like I know I have that to fall back on, but right now I don't want to regret going after an opportunity or, or challenging myself in a new way. Like I hate the sound of my voice. I, you know, I, I faced a lot of fears in, in starting this, this podcast, like who's going to want to listen? Um, is this really going to be something like, are we going to help people on this is, are we going to offer a place of like support and comfort for people with this? And, and is it going to succeed? And I feel like it's 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 succeeding because it brings us like a new purpose, you know, and, and I'm, I'm really proud of it. I'm really proud of us for putting ourselves out there in this venue. This
1: stuff is not easy. It no, is it's not easy. If there's anything that's challenged me, this is as far as working my side hustle. This is at the top of the list. And it's for another number of reasons. Like I'm not good at working with other people. I'm not. And you have challenged me to like open up and unleash a little control, which is healthy. It's healthy. You know, I should be doing it all the time. And, um, but it's the way that I'm genetically wired and it's bad. (laughs) It is not, it is not good for me to continue being the way that I have previously been. And I need to let people help me. And I need to, you know, so this whole endeavor is teaching me to let you help me through things too. And to let, you know, you know, the other people that are helping us with this podcast, like, and to learn new things. And I love talking to our guests and uh, it's obviously doing something for some people, but I share all the same fears that you shared. I was like, who the hell is going to listen to this? We mm-hmm. are two nurses for one. Mm-hmm. I make memes on social media and write about <laughs> my life. You are on The Bachelor. Like, who the fuck is going to listen to us talk about <laughs> right? this stuff? You know, yeah. and here we are. And like so far, like quite a few people are listening and it's, It's really impressive. And so doing this, doing this is obviously touching people in a different way. And if you want to look at it in numbers wise, it's touching a lot more people than it would if you were going to the bedside every single day. And, but I will say what you alluded to the fact before, it's really hard to know that you're working in like one of the hardest areas in the hospital, if not the entire world. Like when I go to work, and you're in the same way, but different, a different type of nursing, NICU nursing. And when I go to work, mm-hmm. I know for the last like several years of my life, I've been taking care of some of the sickest patients in the entire world, not just the country, yeah. not just mm-hmm. the state, the entire world. And so I think there is an ego boost that I get from that. I love it. But, but there is something yeah. to me that's like, I like to... I think it's cool when people are like, oh, you work there or you work there. And I'm like, yeah, I'm really proud to say that I have worked in the places that I have worked and it feels me good too. to me, you know, and that in my identity becomes my education and the places that I've been employed and where in the patients that I've taken care of and the things that I know in relation to cardiac surgery. And like you said, there's always more to know. You could know more every single day. I learn something mm-hmm. every day I go to work, but yeah. you kind of feel you feel like you've lost that part or that ego boost that you get whenever you have to step away when you have to admit that you're too tired to do it anymore and you just can't do it anymore. Like I, when I became a nurse practitioner, there was a part of me that just couldn't watch people die anymore as a bedside nurse. You know, I, I can, as a nurse practitioner, I'm a step away. You know, I've helped with bereavement Mm -hmm. care a little bit, you know, as an MP, but Nothing like I used to as a bedside nurse, like, and I took great pride in bathing my patients too, and putting them in a bag and like getting, you know, everything with the family. I took great pride in that when I was a bedside nurse, but I can't do it anymore. It just hurts my freaking soul. And because I don't do it anymore, when somebody dies on one of the units that I'm working on, it affects me so much more, you know, it's because it's not Mm -hmm. happening at rapid pace. Yeah. I, I seriously, it, it hurts. Like I, it's traumatic. It really is traumatic. And I never realized how traumatic it was. So mm-hmm. there is that that part that you lose too. And then when you don't feel like you're connected to yourself anymore and you're in these life transitions, you you have trouble maintaining your authenticity because you yeah. can't hold on to it because your authenticity before was being a bedside nurse in the NICU in one of the best hospitals in the world. You I know? feel like
0: I failed. Yeah.
1: Yeah, I, I feel like the a,
0: same way. There's a big part of me that feels like I, I failed. And it's like, I know I didn't fail. Like when you, you look at all the the lives that you've helped and, and people that you've touched and lives that you've saved and, and different things that I've done. It's like, I know I haven't failed. Like, I know this is, it's just a transition to something else. But, but like I, I did, I got a huge ego boost from being like, yeah, I, I work in the NICU and you know, and everyone's initial thing was, "Oh my god, that must be so hard." And I was like, "Yeah, you know, it really fucking is. It's yeah. really difficult, exactly. But it's like, really I'm hard." The bad bitch that can do it. <laughs> I and, can do it all. Yep. <laughs> but now it's like, am I still a bad bitch? Yeah. I, I mean, yeah, yeah, yeah I am. Like, I, <laughs> I can still do it. I can still go back to it. But I do. There is that part of me that feels like I've failed or let myself down because I wasn't tough enough and strong enough to to do it forever
1: yeah totally and you know I do want to say my boss actually told me something the other day yesterday that was surprising to me we were talking about burning and we were talking about press gaining surveys I don't know if your hospital ever did that but there's surveys of like what your job satisfaction is basically, and oh, yeah. they go we do around job the house. Right. So maybe a different, maybe a different company. But basically, the NPs and the providers in the ICU had the same complaints as the NPs and providers outpatient, med surge, like really? whatever. Yeah. Because everybody's seen too many patients. They don't have enough time. They're not mm-hmm. getting paid enough. So yeah. that was a real eye opener to me too, because we may be burned out for different reasons, but everybody mm-hmm. else is burned out too, you know. So
0: how do we make that change?
1: We need like to if have... this is
0: happening to people like not in ICUs and and people that are in the clinics and and uh, like other aspects of of healthcare. Like, why is this such a common theme, and why isn't anybody trying? harder to fix it and put things in place to to keep burnout from happening?
1: Because I truthfully believe that too many people work in administration that have never worked this job or have forgotten what it's like to work this job. Yeah. One, <clears throat> I think two, that we as healthcare providers care for people. There's a great New York Times article on this that was just released probably a month and a half ago that you guys should go Google and it's it's like if you'd probably just google burnout of doctors new york times it'll pop right up it was it was viral amongst the healthcare community and the next thing is that we as healthcare providers are just too damn tired to issue a fight against it because we're working so many hours a day you know many people are studying on their extra time off they mm-hmm. just want to do a good job taking care of these people or they're so into their science of whatever, science of caring, science of, you know, cardiology, whatever it is that yeah. they don't have any interest or any time to fight against what's happening, you know? Yeah, and it's right, true
0: because there's, you know, your hospital administrative staff or, um, I mean, like your like unit managers will want you to join committees and stuff, but when we're working full time, there's, there's no time to do any of that extra stuff nope. for free,
1: Right. For free. And they like, don't want there's you to no pay
0: incentive.
1: Right. There's no incentive. They just want you to come and
0: do to F- say that their unit is being productive in right. things and outside of it.
1: They're doing that to comply with other external forces, you know, yeah. so there are so many external forces. Jaco, for instance. You know, yeah. you're, we're doing a lot to comply with Jayco and obviously in leapfrog, there's a lot of good things that come out of that, but there's also a lot of bad things. If you never, if you look at staffing, staffing for these hospitals was the same 30 years ago as it is now. So yeah. the patients now are way more acute. They're way more sick. They mm-hmm. have way more family problems. We can keep people alive forever. It is unreal how long we can keep in your population, you really Danny. Those babies that you take care of would have died ten years ago. Yeah, you know, so it's just like it's unreal what we can do these days. But the staffing has never changed in nursing, you know, the, the physicians as well. It's not just nursing; it's it's yeah, everyone. Exactly. So this article is very interesting. I would I would suggest everybody go Google it and read
0: it, but. Maybe we should link it to this episode. (laughs) Yeah,
1: we probably should, honestly. But I, so I'm not really sure how it's going to change. And I was really hoping when I started my blog and platform that I could be some sort of vector of change for this. I -hmm. do notice myself getting more and more tired (laughs) every day of my life. So I don't know that I'm going to be the change that I once thought I was going to be. But, you know, maybe this podcast will eventually help with that.
0: You know, girl, I just, I see you running for Senate. (laughs) I don't know that I want to. I know. I want to hide in a cabin
1: in the woods and never talk to anyone again. <laughs> That's a lie, but sometimes that thought comes in my head. But so. Yeah, like living <laughs> off-grid
0: would be a lot easier. We could have a garden. Oh my god, we could have like, alpacas that we could shave for wool and learn to knit our own clothes. Oh my
1: god, you can knit me a sweater and I can eat push-up popsicles all day. Flintstones. <laughs>
0: We can sell our, like, uh, homemade soaps and That's right. alpaca sweaters. Like, Bert
1: Bees was really on to something. You know he lived, he just lived on, like, $20 a day with his wife for, like, whatever and, and made honey and sold it at the farmer's market. He was really on to something. Yeah,
0: we could grow some hemp. Never shave.
1: <laughs> what, free, what free birds we would be. <laughs> so. Uh, but, since we can't do that, we have this podcast.
0: <laughs> yes. And I might keep pushing you to run for, for senate <laughs> <God>. <laughs> oh my god i don't know i wonder if that would actually if that would help i mean like i feel like that would help to have someone that's actually worked in the healthcare field oh it would help to run and like and be a strong voice for for everyone in the healthcare field, because it's, it's everyone that is so overworked. And I remember, I was actually having a conversation. because so I was feeling burnt out at the last, you know, at the last suit tree last last October, <clears throat> and talking with some of the instructors for that. They're like, wow, like you guys really. So what's your vacation? Like, do you get to take vacations? And I was It's like, um, we might get two weeks a year if If you can afford it. And it's all based off of seniority. Yeah. Like, there's nothing that's really guaranteed. And they're like, well, even teachers get a break. And it's like, well, yeah, but it's not paid. But they do get summers off. Right. But, I mean, just think if nurses had the ability to take, like, three months off work to recharge.
1: I think we'd be in a different, I think we'd have a whole different ballgame. Yeah, I think we'd have a whole different ballgame. And the fact that when I was a bedside nurse, the reason I couldn't take vacation, it was offered to me. I think I got two weeks out of the year for vacation. It was offered to me, but I couldn't afford to take it when I was living in Oklahoma. I didn't have the savings, you know, Mm -hmm. and the other reason I couldn't take it is because I used all of my damn PTO on sick time because I was sick all the time as a bedside nurse. I haven't called in one day as a nurse practitioner. When I was a bedside nurse, I was calling in five weeks a year. If it yeah. weren't for my if it wasn't for my mental health, it was because I was genuinely sick be, mm-hmm. from all the night shift and the rotating and the physical work and the emotional work. And I, it, it was destroying me. You
0: get everything.
1: Yep. On my thirtieth birthday, I went to work with a double ear infection. Uh my throat oh. was swollen. I had Like something wrong with my eye. It wasn't pink eye, but I had some infection in my eye. I wore a fucking eye patch. You probably shouldn't have been there. (laughs) I shouldn't have, but I had no more sick time. And I told my boss and she said, if you don't come into work today, you're going to be written up. So I had to go to work like that. And the other nurses on the unit took care of me because that's what nurses do. And they gave me a post-op day, like whatever, on an insulin drip and let me lay in the corner all night because I was going to be written up if I didn't come into work that day. So that was my life yeah. as a bedside nurse. And I've learned a lot since then, you know, about burning out in life and whatever and emotional health. Uh, so that goes along with it, too. But as a nurse practitioner, I haven't had to call in at all because I'm not right there. I'm not touching them. And I miss that. I, I miss it. It was killing me.
0: Yeah, but I
1: miss it. You know,
0: so. <laughs> That's what it is. What's what's wrong with nurses? Like, do we? We love people. I feel like people. we get some sick satisfaction. Satisfa- oh, my God. Satisfaction. Oh, my God. <laughs> of hurting ourselves to hurt, to, like, help other people.
1: We, you know, I've gone through this thought in my head so many times, Danielle. And there have to be people in the world like us. There have to yeah. be people in the world who will help and care and love without thinking about anything else. Think of, think of how crazy first responders are. They don't care if they die to help other people. They don't care. There has to be people, people who are, you know, at war like soldiers. There has to be people. There have to be people in this world with irrational thinking or what others would consider irrational thinking or else Mm -hmm. nobody would be helped. You know, if you if you are scared of the world and want to live in a lab for the rest of your life and, you know, live a, quote unquote, very safe life, that's great because there have to be people like you, too. But unfortunately, in this world, the people on the other side of it aren't compensated particularly well for what they do and their talents aren't recognized as well Mm -hmm. as, you know, having an M.D. after your name or, uh, you know, having a Ph.D. after your name and something fancy it's, it's skewed. So, Mm -hmm. but with that being said, we need them to exist as well. So it's just this like crazy thing. I I don't know how it's going to change. I don't know if it'll ever change, but I think the only way to start changing is to recognize that these things are happening and start trying to appreciate everyone. And when I'm saying this, I truthfully do appreciate everyone. I love the doctors that I work with. I love, I, I am just enthralled with some of the brains, you know, in society period, yeah. I'm like, Oh my God, how did they get there? But at the same time, those people wouldn't do what I do either. You know? Exactly. So I think we're crazy. Nurses are crazy. It's like, we're all crazy in some respect. You have to be nuts yeah. to do this stuff every day. Yeah. Um, but it's neat. Somebody has got to do it. So like, who the hell, like yeah. here we are, you know? So, um, <laughs> you know, but can it last forever? I don't think it can last forever. So the way things are now, I mean, if I were if I were a senator or something like that, I just mandating nurse to patient ratios would be the first thing that I would do. It's the first thing I would do
0: because Danielle for president (laughs) 2030 or 32, whatever the next (laughs) few elections. are.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But seriously, like if you think about it, I didn't used to think unions were a good idea because I thought that they took the autonomy away from the nurses but basically unionized hospitals around this country are the only ones that can hold on to their nurses and like give them a decent right. give them a decent way of life so if that's what has to be done to change the business model of healthcare then that's what has to be done so i just I, I actually used to dream about it when I was in grad school because I, the reason I went to the, one of the reasons I went to the program I went to was so I could like run for some sort of office and I was very close to Washington DC and they had opportunities to go, you know, uh, down, um, to the state house and like watch rallies and stuff like that. So I used to like wake up in the middle of the night, like from these dreams of changing the nurse to patient ratios in the hospital, you know, because I, I think that that's the only way to start is to force hospitals to pay for more nurses and pay for their breaks, you know, and pay for their sleep. You got my vote. You know, you
0: got, I'll be your campaign manager. (laughs) It's the only
1: thing it's, it's the only start. It's the only start that I can think of that would make it happen. And are there some downfalls to that? Yeah. But that's, that's how it is with everything. You just have to pick your best, pick your best. So anyway we got off on a rant there but that's just how the conversation would have gone between us if we were talking on the phone anyway so oh yeah <laughs> so what's next for you
0: what's next um I'm gonna keep going with the podcast obviously because it's bringing me great joy and I'm having a lot of fun and then I and get it's to doing see really well you. it is
1: which is just so oh <laughs> <laughs> so thank you to everybody that actually listens
0: to us rant <laughs> I know, and I hope y'all can relate And y- you still listen Even though I'm not technically at the bedside But I'm still trying to offer my love and support To all of you But I am And will always be an advocate for nurses But I'm just I'm excited to Learn this new aspect of nursing Which is probably the only way nurses Can actually make a decent amount of money Yeah um, Is an aesthetic stuff right now So um, but it's also fascinating. Like there's there's cadaver labs and stuff to go to. Oh my god, or... really? Yeah. I had no idea. Yes. That's cool. It's really it's awesome. I'm I'm very excited. It's 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 uh and I, I loved anatomy, so it's a whole new refresher course in in facial anatomy and what to do if like things go wrong or you occlude something with some filler and <laughs> it's just <laughs> yeah it's 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 really it's a really cool science and i'm very excited to continue to learn more about it um and i think i'll be good at it because i'm really good at getting ivs and babies heads you'll be stuff. good you have a very <laughs> so, high attention to detail when it comes to that stuff very yeah and i'm a very artistic person you too are. so it's like yeah i think it's 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 definitely like an, a new career path but I feel, I feel better. I feel like I can breathe. Mm-hmm. I, I'm i always going to miss the babies, but, like, I know I can always go back. And that's one thing that I made sure of when I left my unit and I talked to my manager and I was just like, listen, like, I can't do this anymore. But right now, like, I really need to take some time for myself. And, like, well, if you're ever ready to come on back, like, you know there's a place for you. So. That's wonderful. I'm very appreciative for that, but I'm I'm very excited f- to see what else this life holds for me, and excited to continue to be an advocate for nursing and just keep using my voice, however I can, because I mean the the Bachelor definitely gave me that. Um, it gave me a huge platform, and I want I want to use it, use it for good. So. I and I like think, it. like, I mean, like, everyone that comes off the show is trying to do some good with it, you know? Yeah. Um, But it's it's given me the opportunities to, you know, travel to Africa um, and help out with different organizations over there. And I... That's something that has always called in my heart, too, you know, to be... To work with women and children in, in third-world countries. And I think that's something that I'm definitely gonna be able to do more of mm-hmm. and get myself out of my comfort zone that way too. So I love it. I'm just I'm I'm excited for life and I'm excited to feel that renewed sense of of passion for nursing, but in a different way.
1: It puts you up for doing it. I really do. It's it's Thanks much them. harder. And I, you know, for people who feel that they would like to criticize or if you have thoughts going in your head about what we've talked about today. I would encourage you to uh, really think about why you are upset (laughs) before opening your mouth about (laughs) this decision. You know, you may like really identify it, but it may make you mad. Like some of the things that we've said. And I I hope that you really consider any of us really consider what people go through working in this job Mm -hmm. and stuff. So, um, what, what would your nurse D energy moment be for this week?
0: I mean, this has really been sitting heavy on me for a long time because I've been scared to be public with it, um, with my truth, um, because it's still, it definitely was like a, a mental health issue for me at that, like burnout became a very a very big issue and it made me feel like I had failed so like I didn't want to to put that out there that that I felt like I I couldn't be the best nurse for my patients and and I want to very much clarify that like no one was ever <laughs> unsafe it was just it oh, was yeah. a very personal decision that like I couldn't give to my patients emotionally yeah. Anymore. And that's something I had always prided myself on. And I really needed to step back, take time for myself, and try something new out. So, uh, my big D energy moment today is finally coming out with this and being honest and very vulnerable on this podcast about what I've been feeling and the different things that led me to needing to step away from the bedside for a while. Um, So I, man, I hope y'all can relate. I know a lot of you will be able to, but. Yeah. Still a nurse. (laughs)
1: Hell yeah, you are. Come on now. Absolutely. I, my big D energy moment is a big cheers for people who have taken the steps to, to change their lives when they were discontented and it's not easy. It's never easy. Not one change is easy and staying is also not easy, but Mm -hmm. I, a big, big cheers for people who tried everything didn't work and they decided to change their life uh, because it wasn't working. And then another big cheers for people who uh, decided who are, trying to help other people in the process. And I think, you know, with that as your highest overarching, overarching theme, I feel like you can't go wrong. You know, when you contribute to your own health and then your 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 next thing is to like contribute to society, I feel like with whatever you're doing, if you go back to that and you look at that as your purpose in life, I just don't think you can go wrong, no matter what you're doing. I feel like that's what you're doing too. So
0: thanks, honey. Yeah.
1: So Earth-D energy. E. <laughs> I'm very proud of you, and I love you for it.
0: I mean so much. I'm so proud of you. Like I, oh girl, you do so much. You really. You're an outstanding human specimen. Oh, thank you.
1: I'm getting more. I'm getting more comfortable on this podcast. So I have a feeling, you know, I need to start beefing up my savings account in case I get fired. But. <laughs> <laughs> right now the more things that come out of my mouth sometimes i'm like oh gosh, should i have said that but
0: anyway <laughs> thank all you all right y'all thank you so much for listening to us for supporting us we i mean as always like our highest goal is to provide that love and support right back to you um information on anything that we feel is relevant and you guys feel is relevant so thank you with all our hearts for loving and supporting the WOMED. I hope this episode resonates with you and you feel heard and supported and loved. So, WOMED out. WOMED out, goodbye.